If your adventures take you off the beaten track, then you need to be prepared to deal with a stuck bike. Whether you're bogged down in mud or just slid off the road or track, your bike may take more effort than you can give to get it back on track. On today's episode, we look at some solutions for extracting a bike that won't extract itself. We're going to discuss electric and manual power, and we also have some ideas that are going to help you decide which is best for you. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Dress Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio. Made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. The crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves, so they know what you want when you're exploring the world. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using this unique strapping system, and it's easy to switch from one bike to another. And of course... Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. You've got to check out the buckles, the straps, the whole bit. www.greenchiliadv.com. That's www.greenchiliadv.com. Hi, I'm Sam Manicum. Nick Sanders. Terry Borden. Sandy Borden. Jack Borden. Graham Field. Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray. David Peterson. Rachel. Ed March. Len Hickstead. Dr. Gregory W. Frey. Dave Barr. Michelle Lampier. Tiffany Coates. Herbert Schwartz. Red Tat. Zoe Cannell. Nathan Millward. Graham Hoskins. Joe Ross. Jeremy Craker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Simon Pavey. Grant Johnson. Robert Wick. Sid Simon. Elizabeth Martin. Hey, I'm Carol DeBell, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Often riding an adventure bike means that there's a chance that you could find yourself stuck somewhere, maybe bogged down in mud or in sand, or maybe even standing beside your trusty motorcycle that's flopped over on its side, maybe down an embankment. The point is, once the bike is on its side, it can be a real problem to get back on its tires and back on track. And it seems the more adventurous we become, the more we have against us. Let me explain. First, the very nature of adventure bikes means that We're usually riding in areas that are less traveled, you know, on the dirt roads or the back roads. And many times it's dirt that'll lead to trails, which means that even less chance of passerby help. Now, to add to that, any bike loaded with all your adventure gear becomes a heavy beast of burden, really, no matter what size it is, whether it's a 250 or a 1200, they all become extremely heavy, obviously more as you go up in size. And furthermore, Many riders today, and this won't be a surprise to you, are enthralled with large adventure bikes, even beyond 1,000cc. And although some may have a low center of gravity and feel incredibly nimble while riding, they all feel like they're magnetically stuck to the ground when they fall over. All bikes are the same, regardless of make or model. But that isn't the end of it. 
many adventure riders are getting, shall I say, a little older. And and that means you tend to look at things a little different. You know, when a, a young person may just grunt and pull and push until they get their bike unstuck, a more mature approach to say, well, screw that. There has to be an easier way. And an easier way is exactly what we're looking at today. You have options when it comes to tools to extract your bike, both manual and electric. And you're going to hear today that that these are both pretty viable options, and your choice will likely depend on a few factors, which we're going to discuss. First, we're going to look at a system that meets all the criteria of motorcycles. It's lightweight, it's small and portable, and it has more than one use. Hi, I'm David Peterson. I'm with Best Rest Products, which is located just north of Seattle in a town called Mount Lake Terrace, Washington. And we make adventure motorcycle gear. We're most uh, famously known for our cycle pump tire inflator that has a lifetime warranty. David, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Thanks, Jim. Great to have you on and be talking about this. Now, I've tried the system out. Got to tell you, I really like it. I mean, I've always been to, to knots and ropes and things like that. I mean, I've been to outdoor stuff since I was dehydro grasshopper. So it's, uh, it's pretty easy for me to grasp and a lot of fun because one of the things I like about this system is how much you can do with it. You know, you're not stuck just doing one thing and we'll get to that. But first, what is the Best Rest Motorcycle Recovery System? Well, it's a long name for something very simple. Uh, it's a Z pulley system, Z or Z. And the reason it's called that is uh, if you take the letter Z and draw it with your finger, that's the way the rope goes. It goes from left to right to left to right. And you use that system with a series of pulleys uh, to connect things. And by pulling on one end of the rope and the uh, mechanical advantage that you get from the pulleys, then you can increase your pulling power, pulling or lifting power. It's a system that was designed uh, for the mountaineering sport, you know, climbing. Uh, probably before that, I guess you could say it was a system used by mariners. Um, you know, you see the old sailing ships. They had this thing figured out, all the pulleys, the ropes, the ropes going back and forth. You know, this is nothing more than that uh, boiled down to a very simple kit that you can carry on your bike. We call it the motorcycle recovery system. Um, because that's what it's for. It'll recover a motorcycle that's gone off the trail. It'll also, uh, the rope itself and some of the things that we've got for it will allow you to recover a bike by towing it back into camp. And it's the same sort of system is what they use in water sports. You go to get into any sort of swift water rescues. Um, it's a, a similar system used in that. It's, it's basic equipment, really, isn't it? It's, it's basic pulleys, carabiners, and ropes that are made up to do this particular thing. That's correct. Um, you know, if a person went down to REI, they could buy all the components uh, themselves. It would probably cost them more than the kit that we put together. But um, yes, this is all stuff that you can get off the shelf. And if you're a mountaineer or a kayaker, uh, these are things that they use on a daily basis. And I should note that all of our gear is rated to mountaineering specifications. Um, I could literally take one of our motorcycle recovery systems and go you know, hang myself off a cliff and raise and lower things as needed. It's all built to that specification. And we actually buy it from mountaineering supply houses. Now, one of the great features of this is that it can be used in a bunch of different configurations. It's not like you pull it out and you can just use it one way. Right. 
um, you know, it's really kind of your imagination is the limit. Um, yes, it's set up and the instructions call for a Z pulley system so you can, you know, hook to an anchor, hook to your bike, get on the end and start pulling and, and haul the bike back up on the trail. Or you can hook it up as a towing system to tow a disabled bike. Or you can use the rope in camp to uh, string up a clothesline. Or you can use it uh, if you have to tie your bike into a trailer or something like that. You can use the rope and the webbing to secure the bike inside uh, a trailer if you have to get you know, hauled home, something like that. I found a lot of uses for the various components. Um, and you know, every time I go out on an expedition, I'm coming up with something new. Yeah, that's one of the things with motorcycles because of our limited space is that you want everything to be able to do double purpose. That's a common thing that people say, you know, it's got to be multi-purpose and, and this certainly is. And the nice thing is, is the weight as well. I mean, you've got a full system here, which is, um, uh, we weighed it, uh, the package you sent, which was the, the heavy duty kit and it comes in at 1,727 grams, which is 3.8 pounds. That is not a lot of weight for a full recovery system. Right, right. And the small kit uh, is, from our measurement here in the States, 2 pounds, 13 ounces. And let me briefly mention, we make two kits. We don't sell many of the basic kits. The distinction between the two kits is the length of the rope. Everything else is the same. It's just the length of the rope. And that length of the rope means the rope bundle, when it's rolled up, is going to be a bit smaller. Uh, The basic kit has 65 feet of rope and the heavy-duty kit has 82 feet. And uh, the secret behind how we came up with that is when we buy our rope in bulk, we get spools that are a certain size. And the number of kits that we can get out of that main spool determines the length of the basic or the heavy-duty. So we can, we can actually provide rope kits up to uh, 300 feet, but it's really not practical for what we're doing. So we cut them up. But the basics of this kit really is these two prusik knots. Uh, the prusik knot, uh, one of them is used to actually pull the bike, and the other one is used as a brake. Right. You know, it's it's difficult to see this uh, without a diagram or a photo, and you can get those off the website. Major components. You have the rope itself, which, of course, does all the pulling. You have double pulleys, uh, which allow you to um, run the rope through once, go to another pulley, run it through again, and every time you have a piece of moving rope, that magnifies the, the mechanical ability. And then you have carabiners, which make some connections between the pulleys and the rope itself. And then you have a piece of uh, smaller diameter line that's tied with a special knot. And it's just basically a big loop. And that's called a prusik, P-R-U-S-S-I-K. What that prusik does is it allows the rope to be gripped by this prusik line and you can actually connect anywhere on the rope and set up a pulley or hook up a uh, a pulling point and it's uh, it's an ingenious system that uh, allows you to pull on a rope in the middle of the rope and not do it just with the you know how much you can clamp it with your hands but that prusik knot when it's attached to the rope will take the entire Uh, weight of whatever it is you're pulling. We set up one of those just in front of a pulley so that as we're pulling the the bike up the hill, if you let go of the line, the prusik goes back into the pulley, the pulley stops and uh, at that knot, and basically you can let go of everything and rest or relax. 
until you see it on film and we've made a couple of videos or looked at the instructions, it's kind of hard to grasp. So I would, I would uh, counsel the listeners to uh, spend a few minutes and watch our videos. And the thing is with this, it's not something that you're going to be able to, if you don't know the system and you aren't used to working with it, it's not something you just want to pull out of the bag the first time you're stuck and start to use. It's something I would highly recommend practicing with it at home, messing around with it. Right. I agree. And, you know, even though I make these things and I don't know how many times I've set it up on the trail, every time I take it out of the bag, I scratch my head and I'm supposed to be this expert. So we provide a really good uh, waterproof paper instruction manual. And you, if I have to use this, you'll see me, the, the developer of this kit, pull out the manual and look at the pictures. And I take a minute and I set things up carefully and I remind myself of how things go and how I want to do it. You know, I've got options of where do I want to stand in relation to the bike? Do I have a helper? Um, are they going to help support the bike as I pull uphill or downhill? So these are all things that can be modified based upon the need of the situation. Um, you know, some guys, and I actually have done this myself, is they, they download this video that we have onto their smartphone. And they're out riding in the forest with their smartphone. They'll literally pull out the phone and watch a segment and hook up the rope and, and do their thing. Interesting. I just got an email yesterday uh, from Craig Reniker, and this is what he wrote, Jim. He said, I'm riding with 12 guys this week at March Moto Madness in Teleco Plains, Tennessee. We were riding a single track when we were blocked by a fallen tree. I used the motorcycle recovery system to pull the tree down the hill and clear the trail. It worked perfectly, and I had the kit stowed in a small tail bag on my KTM 400. Uh, the MRS is going to be the hit at the campfire talk tonight. Without it, we would have had a struggle to get our big GS bikes turned around on that narrow hillside trail. So this was a, you know, a story that came just at the right time for this interview. Talks about using the MRS for something other than just hauling your, your uh, motorcycle back on the trail. This is for clearing the trail too. The other application is towing a motorcycle and I've had a lot of experience in broken down bikes, either getting hauled out myself or hauling others. And uh, we use the MRS as a really slick system of towing a bike without the usual danger of fouling wheels or tangling things up. And the way we set it up is pretty successful. And there's videos that show just how uh, clean and neat uh, this is. And when they're watching the uh, recovery portion they can also watch the towing portion. They're side by side, and also they show you the uh, the line drawings in the uh, owner's manual. Okay, so you're tying it off the back of the bike that's doing the towing, and then what are you connecting to on the other bike? On the towed bike, um, what we do is we set up a webbing system so that it puts a carabiner right over the front fender, and that carabiner then has the tow rope go through the carabiner in a special uh, knot or loop, and then it goes up to the handlebar. And this special knot or loop uh, is really very slick because it will hold the tension or the force of the towed bike by simply holding it underneath your fingers on your, your hand grip. And then if you release your hand grip, 
the whole thing deploys and pulls away from the front of your bike and the carabiner, which is up above the fender, doesn't drop down and foul anything. I've been speaking with David Peterson from Best Rest Products. And of course, you know how to get a hold of Best Rest, www.cyclepump.com. Now stick around. We've got a whole bunch more coming up. We're going to talk about a couple more winches. And then we're going to get Brett Tax on. He's going to talk about all these systems. And we're going to discuss how you should choose one for you. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. We're very lucky nowadays to have access to, as consumers, to a lot of the same high-tech parts and accessories that racers do. IMS Products out of Riverside, California, takes what they learn from racing and from a whole racing tradition background, and they turn it into high-quality products that everybody has access to. Among other things, they have a complete line of foot pegs available that will give you far more control over your stock pegs. In fact, as soon as I mounted a set on my bike, I immediately felt the control difference as I rode up my driveway. So it was that noticeable. And when a product makes that much difference for me um, that fast, right away, I know I've done something right. IMSproducts.com. Anytime you're dealing with them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Well, there's one winch on the market that is made specifically to go on a motorcycle. Yep, you heard me correct. On the motorcycle. It's a portable winch designed by Warren. It's called the XT-17, and it's been designed just for us adventure motorcyclists. It's lightweight, it's very portable, and it, it packs some serious power. And best of all, it runs directly off your motorcycle battery. My name is Andy Lilienthal. I work for Warren Industries, and I'm the digital marketing manager. Andy, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you. So the XD17, and I got to tell you, when I first heard about a winch for a motorcycle, I had to chuckle. I thought it just doesn't make sense to me because, I mean, I've spent my whole adult life using winches and uh, the thought of putting a winch on a motorcycle just never occurred to me. It not even never occurred to me. It seems like something that couldn't be done. Why did you come up with this idea for a, or someone came up with this idea for the winch for a motorcycle? So it's interesting because this winch definitely elicits sort of a polarizing uh, uh, feeling. And when we first displayed the winch uh, at, uh, it would have been Overland Expo in something like 2012, I believe, or 2013. And uh, half the people would come up and go, you don't really make this product, do you? And the other half went, this is the most ingenious idea for a motorcycle we've ever seen. So uh, what we, the reason we came up with it was because we have a, a number of uh, adventure touring riders here at Warren, and because so many of the employees here at Warren Industries are also enthusiasts, uh, he had a, a big BMW GS that was heavy, and, and they noticed that when you dump one or you crash one, it's uh, extremely difficult to, to lift up, especially if it's fully loaded with panniers and all that stuff. And so they thought, well, we can utilize our existing uh, power sports winching technology and maybe come up with a lightweight portable solution that could help with adventure touring bikes. So uh, the XC17 was born. It's, it's lightweight, has synthetic rope, and you can hook it up to uh, just about anything. And it's got way more power than you'd ever need for a motorcycle, uh, 1,700 pounds. But, uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to have more than you need. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree there. This thing has, has two things I think that make it special for motorcycles. One is that lightweight that you mentioned. The the other is the um, the fact that it's adaptable. It's, it's a portable winch. I mean, you can hook it up to anywhere, the front, the back, the side of the bike for any configuration to pull it around. Yeah, you got it exactly. And, and on top of that, we actually make... Uh, uh, portable winch carry plates uh, for we have a universal one we also have BMW specific ones that you can actually just stow it on the back of the bike it's not rated for pulling but it's it is a, a place to stow uh, and, and yeah it's it's extremely versatile extremely portable allows you to move the uh, the winch wherever you, you need it it comes with a couple of straps so you can uh, whether you need to put it around the crash bars or up on the forks or wherever you may need it uh, uh, you know it's extremely versatile, versatile and it's also great if your buddy happens to, to dump his bike or even, you know, uh, other things. If, uh, say, you were out and you ran across here on the trails and you ran across a guy stuck with an ATV or something, you could rig it to a tree and pull him out, too. So it's, you know, we jokingly kind of say around here that uh, uh, half the times you buy the winch and you end up pulling your friends out more than yourself. But yeah, uh, so regardless, true. it's an extremely versatile and, uh, and portable tool. Well, this winch is a, as rated 1,700-pound pull, as you mentioned, 771 kilograms. Um, it's got a, a is it a, it's a 0.4 horsepower permanent magnet motor in it. What have you done to make this super lightweight for motorcycles? So the biggest thing that we've done is added the uh, synthetic rope on there. So we have uh, 12 meters of four millimeter rope, and it uh, uh, that's going to save you some weight. So wire rope is extremely forgiving, but it also weighs more and also can develop barbs and whatnot. And so the synthetic rope really cuts down on the weight. So you're saving a, a few kilograms on that, which is great. So, uh, and then, like I said, it's, uh, we have adapted it to be able to mount on this stow plate and that is also quite useful. So it only weighs, uh, just a touch over four kilograms. So it's not too terribly heavy. I know, I know a lot of the motorcycle guys are really watching every, every, uh, every little bit of weight. So we tried to keep it as, as lightweight as we could yet still be, uh, effective. Well, there's no doubt weight makes a difference on a motorcycle, but if you just skip breakfast on this, I think you're going to be good. <laughs> you got to, you know, nine pounds, like you said, four kilograms. We're not talking a lot of weight. And really what we came up with was um, our deciding factors was really has a lot to do with your riding style. If you're riding a lot by yourself on, on backcountry areas or trails or things like that, um, that's a, a real big candidate for having a winch because to try and manually extract yourself, even using a block and tackle system, that becomes very difficult to impossible. Whereas the electric winch gives you that ability to, sort of push it a little bit, go into those places that you otherwise may not have done. You know, and we get that comment with all of our winches, whether you're on two wheels, four wheels, uh, you know, people go, I feel so much more more confident in where I'm going to go and what I want to do with that winch because I know that if I do get stuck um, or if I dump the bike that I can I can ride it without necessarily needing another person. Uh, another thing we kind of say is that the you know, XT17 is the best riding partner you'll ever have. <laughs> and it is true because even with four-wheeling, it doesn't take much to make you think, okay, I'm, I'm not going to take a chance. A little bit of mud that you can probably drive through fine and you won't take a chance unless you've got a winch on your vehicle. If you have the winch, you just seem to have no worries. So you'll, you'll go for it. And uh, it just gives you a, a lot more options. The, um, mm-hmm. the battery draw on this, um, 12 amps per hour, it says minimum for winching in your specs. What is that? What is that really? Um, you know, basically what we tell people, we always provide some sort of electrical draw or battery information. And, and the bottom line is whenever you're going to use this product, 
if possible, you want the the motor running because that is going to continue to charge, uh, continue to you know, provide charge for the charging system. And even, especially with the weight of a, an adventure touring bike, even if you're at like a 1200 or something, uh, it, it won't it won't have much of an effect. Now, if it's if the the, the bike is not able to be on, uh, you know, you do want to just uh, make sure that you have enough juice to to start the bike up again. So uh, we use it sparingly if you can't uh, can't keep the the bike on, but uh, uh, sometimes you don't have a choice and you just need to get it going. You mentioned that the that it has synthetic rope. That's a big part of it to, in replacement of the cable itself. Um, do you still use a, la- a line dampener on synthetic rope? Absolutely, yeah. Anytime you can put something over that that line, uh, whether it's a, a dedicated line damper or if it's a jacket or uh, some recovery gear that you might have, anything that you can get, any weight you can get onto that line, in the unlikely and unfortunate event that you were to break the line, uh, that damper is going to help bring it to the ground quickly. And although synthetic rope doesn't store as much energy as, say, steel cable, it still does uh, store energy. And, and when it snaps, it's it's still not uh, an event that you necessarily you want to have happen for multiple reasons. But uh, you definitely still want to put some some damping on the line there, some weight to uh, have that uh, in the event that you were to have a line failure, that that line does fall to the ground faster. Yeah, and, and with a motorcycle, we don't want to carry a bunch of extra things. So instead of bringing a dedicated line damper, you can throw your jacket over it, and that is more than sufficient. Exactly. Any Anything that you can get on there that's going to help uh, dampen the, the, the force of a, of a line break is going to be advantageous and, and just up the safety factor. Just on the subject of line dampers, the line dampers that you sell now, everyone seems to sell the standard type of line damper. And I, I think there's even some sort of certification on it for some uh, style racing when it comes to four wheeling. But basically, it, it's sort of like a, a pair of vinyl pouches that droops over the line. Is that it? That's about it, really. Uh, ours is ours does have significant weight to it. It's likely not something you would be carrying on a motorcycle just because of its size and weight. But uh, the line dampers do uh, our line dampers anyway certainly do uh, have some heft to them. In the uh, again, in the event that you were to have a line failure, that it does draw it to the ground. And ours has some pockets on the inside too that you can store some of your recovery gear if you were say in a, on a you know in a jeep or a, a four wheel drive or maybe even on a uh, on a UTV or a side. Are those pockets meant to put weight in as well? Uh, they're really meant to store gear, but they're not. You're not looking to add additional weight to the damper. Okay, so you don't need extra weight to it. It'll work just the way it is. That's correct. So, with the XD17, when it comes to service, are there serviceable parts on it? We're we looking at replacing brushes on it. I, I mean, I guess what it is, I always picture something that's super lightweight that it's going to be this high maintenance thing. Is that what we're looking at with this? Definitely not. No, the 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 winch is maintenance free, and uh, the winch also still carries our limited lifetime warranty on that. And so, all we make lots of replacement parts, and that's kind of one of the nice things. One of the many nice things about Warren Industries is that we offer replacement parts. And so, if you do have a, a motor failure, or say uh, uh, you do have an issue with the winch, we we offer plenty of service parts. We offer. Uh, uh, world-class customer service here by people with an average tenure of 14 years in customer service. So uh, if something does need attention, uh, we have service centers all around the U.S. and Canada, and we have uh, experts that are willing to help troubleshoot the problem if you want to give it a go yourself, or you can bring it to one of those service centers for warranty work or, or repair. 
And as far as the synthetic rope goes, I know it degrades in sunlight, etc. How long can we expect this to last? So it it just depends on the the amount of use. Uh, you're right. UV is one of these uh, factors that does degrade rope over time, and we always encourage you to inspect your rope before using it, making sure there's no tears or or um, abrasion. Uh, bits of abrasion on there because that really is going to be the, the weakest link is is if there is any frayed uh, frayed line or thread on that line. So uh, you definitely want to take a, a look at at the line before using it, and your your winch line life is going to vary depending on on how much you use it. But uh, you know, we've had people with their line on there for years with no issue, and uh, you know if you live somewhere that has a lot of sun, for instance, if you live say in the desert southwest of the United States. Uh, and the winch was getting exposed regularly to sun, uh, you know, you're, you might see a, a, the rope degrade faster. But it's, it's, they're pretty, pretty stout little products, and we actually do make a carrying case for this product too. So if you didn't want to uh, have it on the back of your bike, we have a, very, a small uh, padded carrying case that you wouldn't have to worry about the UV. One other thing you do want to worry about, though, with uh, or be cognizant of with regards to synthetic line is keeping it clean. Synthetic rope will degrade from the inside out if you continue to have grit on the inside. Those grit particles will work themselves together and, and can, over time, uh, start to uh, compromise the winch line. So we recommend that you occasionally wash the, the winch line. So if you're out and it's got about a bunch of uh, dirt and debris or mud on it, that you hose it out or you can take a pail and then um, push various sections together to, to release some of that grit and keep the line in tip-top shape. And that's another reason to keep it covered. I mean, there's no sense having it on the back of your bike, having the sunlight get at it and having all the dust from, from riding get at it as well. Better off to keep it covered. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, simple, uh, a simple preventative thing and making sure that you're taking care of the product. But the synthetic line is amazing, especially for a portable winch, because you've got your hands in there so much with holding the winch and hooking it up and everything like that. Um, but anytime you're handling winch line, synthetic rope is definitely a, a huge blessing to deal with because you don't have to worry about having those stray uh, bits of wire poking up and jabbing through so you can really handle it um, without any gloves, with, without any sort of uh, worry with it. It comes with a sleeve to go on the, the synthetic rope. What is that for? So that's an abrasion sleeve. So what we uh, recommend you do with that is if you are winching over, say, a log or a rock or an apex onto a hill, and you want to lay that uh, a sliding sleeve over that uh, obstacle. And what that's going to do is guard against abrasion, and uh, that sleeve will remain on the, uh, on the rock or on the log or whatnot, and the line will pass through it. Now, where can someone find uh, XT-17? Well, we sell at a variety of places, uh, both online and brick-and-mortar stores, and you can go to our website, warn.com. We have a, a where-to-buy section, and you can go ahead and enter your locale all around the world, and it'll tell you the closest place to buy. We also have a list of online authorized retailers, and you can select from one of those as well. Andy, thank you very much. Great to talk to you. My pleasure. And that was Andy Lilienthal, the digital marketing manager for Warren Winch.
Well, we're going to be right back in just a minute. We've got a lot more coming up. We've got Brett Tax. We've got Super Winch. Stay with us. Before we do that, I just replaced my chain and sprockets not long ago. And every time I do it, I always think about getting some kind of chain oiler because everyone I talk to that runs chain oilers, it doesn't seem to matter what kind, but people are saying they're getting far more miles from it. Well, a while ago, we stumbled across this really neat system by Moto Breeze. It's called the Moto Breeze Automatic Chain Oiler. And what's special about the Moto Breeze Chain Oiler is that there's no electrical connections, there's no vacuum connections, it's powered by wind pressure. The oil flow changes with your speed by wind pressure. As you speed up, the wind pressure increases, so the oil flow increases. And Motobreeze says that it uses less than one ounce of oil for every thousand miles. Have a look for yourself. Drop by their website, www.motobreeze.com. And that's with two eyes, motobreeze.com, where they say the only moving part is your motorcycle. <laughs> Well, we did try out the Best Rest Motorcycle Recovery System. Um, it worked great, and it's got a lot of bonuses with it. We tried out the Warren XT17. Another thing worked great. I mean, it is very cool to have that electric power to be able to pull your motorcycle out. And we also looked at a Super Winch. Now, the Super Winch is not made to go on your motorcycle. It's a portable winch, but it's a perfect setup if you're running a chase vehicle or you just want to have it in your vehicle for emergencies. You know, maybe you went off-roading and you found yourself with your motorcycle stuck and you can't get it out this little puppy is the thing to go home and get because it comes with everything built in inside it's got wires that you connect up to any battery your motorcycle or your vehicle and you can pull out well quite a large amount of weight i am john mason from super winch i am currently marketing manager john welcome to adventure rider radio thank you appreciate it well tell us a little bit about super winch to begin with Sure. Uh, Super Winch was started back in 1970 as one of the first, or if not the first, complete winch manufacturer. Uh, back then, we were focused on winches for the front of vehicles uh, and boat winches, uh, winches to haul a boat up onto a trailer, that kind of thing. So as far as winches now goes, what sort of winches do you have in your lineup? <laughs> we uh, we've grown a little bit since then. Um, in addition to our vehicle mounted ones, we uh, currently manufacture winches for the military. Uh, believe it or not, floating fish farms use our winches. Um, the obvious, the ATVs, the trailer, the Jeeps, um, but then some really specific, very niche markets. Um, it's fascinating how many uses people can find for a winch. Oh, I'll bet. And of course, your obvious ones, I guess, like towing and industrial applications. Of course, yes. Now, as far as motorcycle applications in particular, there's the the Super Winch, uh, the Winch to Go 4000, the one that you guys have given us to try out, um, which we did. Just tell us a little bit about that one to begin with. Yeah, that was a uh, it was a really cool project. We had uh, somebody come to us and say, "Hey, you know, we Super Winch had been making a portable winch at the uh, 1500 and 2000 pound mark." And they needed something with a little bit more pull uh, and one that we knew we could make a, a lot easier for users to figure out how to use the thing. Um, so we built this on the back of a 4,000-pound capacity winch. And uh, the results that we've gotten have been pretty interesting. Uh, people have been really excited about it. Uh, the, the portability just 
makes a lot of sense. You know, it's not tied onto a vehicle, so you always need to be stuck so you can winch yourself out in one direction. Um, you could transfer it between vehicles. Um, it's, it's really kind of the best of both worlds for a winch. So this thing, I mean, to be clear, this is not meant to be mounted on a motorcycle. It's not even something you're going to take with you uh, on a motorcycle ride. I mean, it's 43 pounds, which is 19 yeah, and a half kilograms. Yeah, it's on the heavy side. Right. We've so got it, a big it's, plate on the bottom. It's a heavy winch, and it's meant, up, meant to be a portable. But what is a portable winch? I mean, that, that sounds, I mean, to anyone who knows just winches a little bit, the idea of a portable winch just doesn't really make sense because the whole idea is that the winch has to be fastened to the vehicle. Right. It sounds crazy. Um, the, the winch itself is built on a big plate. Um, off the back of the plate, we have two shackles that you would run a strap around creating one, one side of your anchor. And then we've got the winch line coming out the other side that would create the other part, uh, quick connects for electricity. Uh, and then you're almost ready to winch. So this is in a in a box that looks like a sort of a heavy duty tackle box that you can has a handle on the top. You pick up when you open it up. It's got the of quite a long wire in there. The power cord for the winch. It's got the remote for operating the winch. It's got um, some clevises as well as it's got a snatch block. I mean this thing and it's even got gloves. This thing is is complete and ready to go as far as a portable winch goes. And like you said, there's just so many applications. For motorcycle, um, what we see is just one, getting the bike onto a trailer, into a trailer, into somewhere that you're packing it into. It, it's a, incredibly easy with this setup because it can be powered by anything, can it? You, you've, it comes with the wires with the uh, alligator clips on it, so you can clip right. it onto any sort of battery. What sort of power are we talking here? Out of the box, it comes ready to do 4,000 pounds with a straight pull. Uh, we've actually also included a pulley block that'll take that pulling all the way up to 8,000 pounds when you run it right back to itself. I was pretty shocked, I have to admit, when I saw 4,000 pounds. I thought, no, 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 they mean 4,000 pounds with the snatch block. And I went back and looked at it. No, it's actually 4,000 pounds. And of course, once we hooked it up, uh, we did a simulated stuck. We got a motorcycle stuck and, and hooked it up. Um, it just pulls out with ease. I mean, this thing has clearly far more th than the power you'll need to extract a motorcycle in most conditions. Yeah, exactly. But we wanted to make sure that because you had a winch just sitting there, you could use it. Oh, to do just about anything, whether it's pulling a vehicle up onto a trailer, uh, pulling a tractor out of a ditch. I mean, you name it, this thing's going to do it. So what we did with it is when we extracted the, the bike that we got stuck, we used a portable battery pack with it just as an experiment. So we, we take the portable battery pack, which is your booster pack, and it's a fairly large yep. one, but it's, a, it's a, a gel cell. No, actually, I think it's lead acid and hooked it up to that. We winched the bike out. We played around with it for quite a bit, and um, it didn't drain the battery. So <laughs> how, how much power are, are we looking at drawing here for the winch motor itself? That's a great question. Um, we found you can get a few, maybe three or four pulls with a regular battery pack, but of course that depends greatly on the size. But pull-wise, that motor is going to pull up in the 200 to 250-ish amp range. Okay, now this unit comes with, uh, ours came with the, the regular wire rope, but you can also get it with synthetic rope. Yeah, that helps lighten it up a little bit. It takes maybe eight pounds off of it. What's the deal with synthetic rope? I mean, I'm aware of this now, but I'll tell you, when I first came across it, I didn't believe it. It was a guy on a boat that was showing me this rope. And I'm thinking, no, I'm sorry, you, you must have this wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, boating is actually where this fiber comes out of. Uh, they made it for fish line and net. Uh, rigging. What we use is a Dyneema SK75. Um, it's actually stronger than the wire cable that we put on the winch as the alternative. Um, it's light, it floats on water, 
super strong stuff. Uh, as long as you treat it right, it's going to treat you right. And the weight savings is huge. And what's the advantages for as far as handling, et cetera? Really, it, it, it comes down to just using it. Um, you can touch the synthetic rope with your bare hands, whereas wire cable develops all kinds of burrs that you kind of want to put gloves on for. Um, and probably the biggest reason that people turn to synthetic is the safety factor. Uh, when wire rope lets go of itself, um, those pieces come back and they've been known to, to kill people. Um, you know, you definitely want to stand away from any kind of winch, make sure you're not in the zone where you could be hit. But if you're hit with synthetic, you're, it's going to leave a mark, but it, it most times isn't going to hurt you. And it generally just drops, doesn't it? When it breaks, yes. it just sort of drops yeah, it to the ground. Store the energy. Yep. Right. Whereas cable, like you said, will take something. If you get a, a clevis let go or something like that, things will go flying. And that's one of the precautions that I wanted to ask you about was the idea of trying to protect yourself from a cable that does break or or maybe a, a mount lets go that you've got a hook to. Sure. What are you supposed to do to protect yourself? Well, you, you know, every time you winch, you realize that it's, it should be a last ditch kind of operation. Uh, it shouldn't be your first go to out of the box. Um, when you are winching, it's a great idea to put a weight, some kind of anchor, uh, midsection of the line. So if it does let go, um, you're limiting how much is going to start swinging, uh, and always steer clear. You know, the reason we make our, our remote cables 15 feet long is we want you at least 15 feet away from the winch when you're using it. And that was John Mason, marketing manager for super winch. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk with Brett Tax, and we're going to go through the things that we've already talked about now on this episode. We're going to talk about them from a practical standpoint and from get Brett's opinion as well, being a person that, that deals with this stuff all the time, and walk through some ideas that's going to help you decide what you should get for yourself. Should it be a manual system or an automated system? But first, I want to talk about www.tourusa.us. That's Tour USA Motorcycle Rentals and Tours. They're in Seattle, Washington, perfect launching point for West Coast trips to the United States and Canada. And they have motorcycles meant for adventure riders because they're adventure riders themselves. Their bikes are equipped with skid plates and panniers. And when you're dealing with them, the nice thing is you sort of speak the same lingo because they're into adventure riding. They also do tours and lessons. So one of the ways I would do it, if it was me, is I would fly out. I would arrange a lesson before I go on a trip. And then I would rent one of the bikes and go on a trip myself. But you can also go on a tour. So if you don't want to do that, you can just sign up for a tour with them and go out www.tourusa.us. And of course, anytime you're dealing with them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Well, if you don't know already, Brett Tax, our rider skills Brett Tax, is back from Africa. And, of course, he's back on Adventure Rider Radio. So who better to get on today to talk about winching and pulling and dealing with motorcycles than Brett Tax. Brett, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Always glad to be with you. Great to have you back. And I mean, not just back in the show, but back in the U.S., well, I uh, I had to come back to make more money so I can take off to the next place. So <laughs> I, I'm here for a while anyway. So you were in Africa for what? How long? Uh, about four months. For, and where did you go? Uh, started up in Spain, rode down the West Coast through Nigeria, Mali, Congo. And then I spent a bunch of time traveling around the southern tip in Zimbabwe, South Africa, Lesotho, and 
so yeah, I had one heck of a fun trip. So as far as terrain that you're going on there, are you, it's mainly roads, like it's mainly civilization you're going through. You're not going through a lot of remote areas, I gather. Well, you do end up in remote areas, but those are the highways. Those are the roads. Yeah. Certainly in the equator countries, some of those countries have virtually no roads at all. Some of them are only like 8% pavement in the entire country. So remote is a uh, is a state of mind. I mean, even in Mexico, I've been through roads that here locally, we wouldn't even put on a 4 by 4 trail and they consider them roads. Well, the reason I brought that up is because I was thinking that what we're talking about today is is extracting a stuck motorcycle. It depends where you're going to be, because I guess if you're riding Africa, you probably didn't take a winch or any sort of block and tackle with you. We we picked lighter motorcycles and I was traveling with another guy. Uh, so I had extra manpower with us, but we definitely brought along extra straps and toe straps and, and rope length so that if we did end up in a situation, we can at least hook up and try to help pull out. But our goal wasn't to go off-roading. But as you and I both know, that doesn't mean you're not going to get stuck. There's sort of three or four things that you you have to consider here when it comes to extracting a motorcycle or, or having problems uh, as far as getting stuck or what I like to call temporarily detained. Um, <laughs> one one would be traveling alone, right? I mean, obviously, if we have more people or if you're on a lighter bike, it makes it easier to get yourself unstuck or upright your bike and get it back onto the road. The other thing is physical fitness, of course. Um, another thing is age. I hate to say it, but I mean, a lot of people who ride adventure motorcycles are, are sort of uh, getting on there in age. And of course, you don't have the physical strength or the, or the flexibility that you did at one time when you were younger. And the, the fourth one is what we talked about at the beginning with there was the heavier bikes, right? I mean, the, the bikes are getting bigger all the time. And, you know, we know that with the the huge adventures, you know, and Ducati's in the game now and they have an eight gallon tank. That's a lot of fuel load and a lot of bike. But even on the smaller bikes and people don't realize when we talk about adventure bikes, we're not always talking about these big 1200s. People can travel on 250s. I was on a, a 600 air cooled bike. So by today's standards, it was lightweight. But when you put a full load on it and you bury it in mud, it, it's still a really big bike. So what we're, we're looking at today is we've basically got two reasonable options for extracting your bike. Now, I'm saying aside from having a whole bunch of people come over, because when you're in Africa, if you're stuck there, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people come along and they would help you lift your bike out of the mud or get it unstuck or something like that. But in a lot of cases, just by the, the nature of adventure motorcycling, we tend to go on less used roads, even trails for that matter, more out of the way places. And that's going to create a problem if you happen to slide off the road or slide off the trail. So we're looking at two systems today, one being a block and tackle system, which is not unlike you would find on a ship for pulling up sails and things. And the other is a specialized electric winch. Let's start with a block and tackle. So for those that haven't dealt with block and tackle, it's just the the, the series of pulleys that add extra power to you know your pull. So if you're pulling... You know, 10 pounds, you end up getting 30 pounds of pull. So a three to one system or a five to one system. And that's something that I, I really adapted one of these systems to motorcycle in a few years back after getting stuck a few times and going, we don't have enough people because my traveling partner was not a big guy. And we ended up putting those together. One of our instructors was a kayaker. 
and he used to take kayaks out in the, the deep water, but also in, in the rivers. And when the kayaks get full and they sink, they can't get them out of the water, but they can get to the boats to hook them up. And so they sell block and tackle kits for these kayaks to help yank them out of the water. Well, you know, if it can work for a, a boat full of water, it probably should work for a motorcycle. Yeah. And like you said, it's mechanical leverage. You're just increasing your, your leverage or your pulling power. And what a lot of people don't realize with that is that you, you sort of wonder how you get that mechanical advantage. You've got to lose something if you're gaining on one area. And by the power you increase, you actually slow down in movement. So you'll have to pull a lot more to move a, a small portion. That's where you get your leverage from. But this is a, a Z-drag system, isn't it? A Z-drag system. Very commonly used in swift water rescue. Um, it's used everywhere. I mean, really, there's so many applications. Of this. this is really, really basic. It is really basic, and they're not a really expensive system to buy, especially if you can find somebody like Best Rest. They build a, they, they actually took the system we used to produce for them, and then we gave it to them because we're a school, and we do tours and we do training. We don't want to do product stuff, and we just wanted someplace where our customers could get this type of a setup because this was been optimized for motorcycles specifically, and finding, you know, this high quality, you know, cord or this high quality rope, you know. When motorcyclists don't do climbing, they don't know what to grab and they either grab rope that has too much stretch in it or they think they can buy rope down from the hardware store, which isn't what you need. They buy pulleys that are too heavy or they're not weighted properly. So it's really nice to have somebody that can build these systems or give you the right stuff. Learning to use them isn't so difficult, but getting the, the proper components can be challenging for somebody that doesn't know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, and that's the one we got is the one from Best Dress, but they call it the MRS, the Motorcycle Recovery System. Now, we won't get into saying how to hook it up because this is the type of thing you've really got to go and pull all the, the parts out, read through the instructions, especially if you're not used to dealing with ropes and figure out how it works and, and sort of perfect it. And, and what I would say is absolutely with this sort of thing, I think you not only need to try it at home, but you need to practice it. You need to play with it so that you're really good with it because in an emergency is the last time you want to try and figure something out. So let me address a few of the things that are going to come up when we're talking about using black and, uh, block and tackle or the motorcycle recovery system or, or some kind of electric winch system is the things that the directions don't really tell you is the importance of preparing the ground before you hook up and try to use any one of these types of systems. And what you'll find is when riders get buried in dirt or they get over the edge, we kind of get in a rush to do things sometimes. And the way to do this is make sure you're prepared for the first pull to make the first pull successful. And that means, you know, clearing the path in front of the wheels, you know, digging down in the mud or making an open trough. It means pushing the bike over and trying to get some kind of solid ground under the wheels if you're in mud. So you throw it over on its side and you put the stuff down where the wheels are going to be and they stand the bike back up so you have solid ground. Because when you're using any of these systems, it's very useful to use the bike power to help assist whoever's pulling. You don't want to just do a, a dead pull with a block and tackle. It's it's far too much work. And if you're only two riders, it's not going to work. Not for a 900 pound machine. That's an excellent point because I mean, that's one thing I've learned from four wheeling is that you got to do it right the first time because what you tend to do is if you don't do that, you get yourself in even worse and then it just becomes a bigger problem. Uh, and that's why I carry the one of the e-tools or you know the small collapsible shovels, not the ones you buy that are cheap, but a good quality from Gerber uh, or an ex-military e-tool or something of that nature, which is a, a a trenching tool. And I have those because that way you can you can get in and dig that ground out or fill in the holes so that when you set up and the rider 
you know, or a rider is with the bike, they can fire the bike up if it's not completely upside down. If you have the bike upright and use the clutch and use the power of the bike to try to help the bike move forward. But a lot of times it just doesn't have enough traction to get going. And using a block and tackle system allows the other rider to put a lot of effort on that. And when the bike does have movement, they can pull the slack very quickly. And that's one of the places where the block and tackle has an advantage over the electric winches is that the the person pulling on the block and tackle, they can keep tension in the line the whole time. So they're moving as the bike moves forward. So when it gets traction, the rider can power out. And when it gets stuck at another point, the block and tackle, the person pulling on the other side, can give it just enough pull and assistance to keep it moving. And so it really becomes a two-sided. It's a block and tackle. It's pretty difficult to run as a solo. This is really a team. To be effective, it's kind of a team tool. Now, the the real beauty of this setup is this motorcycle recovery system is Prusik loops on it, which can save you a lot of hassle. And the Prusik loop is a, is a type of climb. It came from climbing. And it's a, basically just this closed loop of rope or, or cord, and you tie it onto your main line that you're you're using to pull the motorcycle out, and it allows you to slide up and down the line and change how you hook into it. So you can you can increase or decrease distance on the line for the pull, and it it just keeps migrating. The other side actually works as a brake, and and this is important because safety is always key. We don't want to be on the bottom side of a bike where it can fall on top of us. We don't want to you know lose tension, then have the bike go backwards down the hill. And so it has two Prusik loops on it, one that helps you pull the motorcycle, but the second one works as a brake. So if you lose footing or you lose traction, the bike starts to slide backwards. The second one locks up the the line so it won't slide back through the pulley. The great thing about it is, the thing that I like, is that you can use these components for other things, especially if you're camping. And it is. Having... You and I both understand the importance. I think most of your listeners probably understand the, the the value of having tools that do multiple things. And when you're up in bear country or you have places with raccoons, this is one of the places where having this, if I remember right, it's somewhere around five pounds or so with everything, you know, with all the, all the line, all the hooks, all the carabiners, the whole system. And so you go, okay, well, that's a, something I'm adding in space and weight. But you can throw this up over the trees and hook up your panniers. So if you keep your food in your panniers, a bear will go right through an aluminum pannier if it can smell the food. So rather than trying to pull everything out of your panniers and hoist them into a tree, you can actually just hook up your panniers and you just hoist, use the, the cord or the rope, throw it over a limb, hoist it up in the tree away from the animals. And then it's too heavy for a raccoon to get to the top and pull the food up and eat it. It's too high up for a bear and you can put it away from your tent. So that's a a great use of it. You can use that line and run it out to, you know, to use it to dry clothing, you know, put it up as a clothesline. You can, you can run it out if you have a tarp and you can put up a secondary shelter, especially if you have mechanical things and you're in in foul weather, you can put a shelter up over the bike uh, using the cord and, and some kind of covering to work on the bike with a little better shelter. So it really is a tool that can be used in many different fashions. Now, when you're hooking it up, are there any sort of precautions that you would advise people as they're doing it? I mean, it's a pretty safe system. You know, it's, you know, it's doubtful that you're going to do something where you're going to get hurt with this thing, but there's things that you have to be careful of. Follow the directions. That's what I'm saying is when you go on to it, they, they're very good, very easy to use directions. Of course, like any new equipment, before you try to pull it out on the trail, when you really need it, hook it up and use it you know, in practice so that you have it there. And most importantly, from a safety standpoint is 
don't put yourself on the downside of the bike. So if that bike tips over, don't be on the underside of it. If the bike's going to slip, don't be behind it. So that if you have any kind of failure, because failures can happen, although, again, as you put it, this is a, a really well-built system as far as being safe and having safety. Uh, like I said, the brake is in there. The pulleys are are far stronger than are necessary for the type of loads we're carrying. But you still need to be very careful. If you have a if you tie a rope wrong and it slips, and use the rope the 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 knots that are taught in the kit. Don't go back to what you knew as a kit, because the knots are very important on how much load they can handle, and then also just trying to get them undone when you're done using the kit. If you just tie a standard knot, you'll never get those undone. They'll lock in once you put all that weight on them. Mm, and it's very important with a prusik knot, I mean, with all knots really, to do what they call is dressing the knot, which means that getting it so that it's tight, so it's done up properly, that, that's key for a prusik knot for sure, and most knots. And, and the most difficult knots are pre-tied. In the, the kit you're talking about, all that stuff is tied for you. So you only have to know one or two knots, and they're, and they're pretty simple knots to use. Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, the, the real pros for this system is, number one, lightweight. Number two, versatile. You can use it for many other things. The, the downside, if, I've, if I'm uh, missing something, let me know. But the downside is that you need another person. This is not something you're going to do on your own or not likely. It, it's difficult to use solo. You can use it uh, as a solo person at, to assist you, but to try to pull on this at the same time you're trying to power the bike, it becomes a much trickier operation and not near as safe. So it it's definitely better to consider this as a team tool. So if there are two riders, and as you mentioned, one of the one of the realities of riding is as we get older, we end up with more time and more money, and so by that nature. Many of the adventure riders that are out there are either couples, you know, man and woman, or they're um, older older people that are traveling, older, maybe 40s, 50s, 60s. And so, you know, you may not have all the strength or power or weight. And this works really well when you're talking about a couple where you have a man and a woman and women have, you know, less upper body strength, but they still want to help. And this is one where they can use body weight to really help uh, with a strong advantage or they can power the bike and, you know, the man can use the other side of the cord. So it really does help those situations where you don't have a large crew. So, and, and the other thing is, is this is not expensive. It's a, it's a pretty low investment. So I would definitely put that on the pro category. Okay. Now the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is very cool, is actually using an electric winch to pull you out. Now, when I first heard about this, Brad, I mean, I I laughed. I really did. I thought, come on, I've been around winches my entire adult life and used them extensively. The thought of bringing a winch on a motorcycle was laughable to me at first until I saw this winch that's been specifically designed for motorcycles. And you were there, I guess, sometime in the development stage with them. Yeah, I was there very early in the the development. I was doing an extrication seminar and uh, a hands-on clinic at one of the BMW rallies. And the guys from Warren saw that on the schedule and they came over and they talked to me and they they watched what I was doing. They said, hey, would you like to be part of of this development thing we're doing? I said, well, what are, we, what are you working on? I said, well, we want to build a winch for motorcycles. And they sent out one of their snowmobile winches, which was already designed to be a non-mounted winch system. Because if you think of a winch, you think, oh, these are mounted on the front of a truck or some vehicle, you know, a Jeep or whatever. Sure. And I'm like, that's not going to work on a motorcycle. So, well, here, use this. And these snowmobiles already, they have issues. They bury in the snow. And they sent this out to me and I looked at it and I worked with it and I sent back my recommendations and they, and they designed this product. 
And they did an amazing job putting this together. And I still talk to people and they're like, ah, I'm not that crazy. I don't need a winch. And they're just really missing the point. So one of the huge advantages of a winch, aside from the endless power you sort of have without wearing yourself out, uh, well, not endless, but I mean an incredible amount of power and reuse of that power without wearing yourself out, is that you can use this if you're by yourself. This is something you can totally do on your own. This is insurance. And that's the way I try to tell people when they're considering this. If they, you travel solo on a big bike, even if all you're doing is gravel roads, because if you slip off a road and you're two or three feet down off the side of the road and it's muddy and you're on a street bias tire and you can't get your bike out, you might as well be down a cliff. And a tool like this really changes that situation from being something that could be very serious, depending how far you are from civilization or what this, you know, what's going on, to being just a part of the adventure. So this thing comes with two different setups. Um, they have one that has the handlebar mount uh, controls, and the other one is a, a control that you hold. doesn't really matter which one. I mean, it's going to be a personal choice. But um, the, the main application for this, I think, is meant to strap it to the motorcycle and winch yourself one way or the other. And that's really what gives it its diversity, isn't it? It is, because you can, you can winch forward, backwards. You can winch another vehicle your own. You can use a tree as an anchor point because the winch doesn't have to mount to the motorcycle. You just have to be close enough to run power to the winch. But the other part of this winch that even the people at Warren really missed was as motorcyclists, we're not two-dimensional. We're not just forward and backwards. If you're on a really big mo- – we're talking about these adventure bikes with these eight-gallon gas cans and these big loads. And if you tip one of those bikes downhill so the seat is pointed downhill – Trying to get one of those upright will be near impossible, even if you have a very large group, because you can't pull the panniers off because the bike's on it. And where sometimes the bikes will fall over and lay on a pannier so they're not flat on the ground, it actually makes it worse if it's downhill because now the bike is tilted up on the lid of the pannier and both wheels are up in the air. And now what do you do? And so we were showing the people at Warren the way you can utilize this to get the bike back up on the wheels. Because sometimes you can ride out of that situation. You just can't pick up the bike. So just describe how it's working, how you're hooking it up to your bike. So the way the Warren works is it has a strap that runs around its anchor point. And the anchor point can be your front forks. It can be part of your frame. It can be a tree. And it runs out and then clips onto the winch on two sides. And so it's extended out from its anchor point, whether you're pulling somebody else or trying to pull yourself. And then you have a power cord that you wire into the bike. So like you said, there's a control on the left handlebar. And they also have a remote option where you can plug into that control and you can stand away from the bike and operate the winch. And so once you have the winch hooked up, you run your line out to whatever you're pulling or or to your anchor if you're trying to pull yourself out, and then you just power the winch from there. And so it's you just have these uh, couple of straps, one for the, the bike end and one for the anchor point. The 50 feet of line that runs out from the winch itself is already coiled into it, and you tuck away your remote control, or the rest of it's actually pre-wired onto the bike. It is super cool to just hit the switch and stand there with the bike running and let the winch pull yourself out, you know, um, depending. I mean, if the bike's obviously on its side, you're not going to have the thing running. But that's another advantage because you have quite a bit of power in your battery that you can use to do a short amount of winching to try and upright your bike or get it back onto the road. Well, And it's recommended to have the bike running 
when you're doing the winching process. So it recharges the battery and you're not going to run out of, of power at that point. Well, I mentioned if the bike is upside down, you can run the strap to the bottom side of the bike and run it through the frame across the top of the seat into an anchor point. And at that point, you can't run your bike. You're upside down. And then you just use battery power to pull the bike upright. And I've done a lot of demonstrations using the winch I carry with me because when we do the, the training and we do the guided tours, we're always self-sufficient. And so all of us as guides and instructors, we're all equipped with an XD17. And we've never used one for a customer, but we've used them multiple times on our trips. But the doing demonstrations like you for other people. Yeah, for other people. Like yeah, you've where come we've across, come along. You're... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We've and, and the rallies, you know, people go up and do silly things and they they fall off cliffs or they get stuck in mud and and our guys have run up just to volunteer to help out or so that we can teach the people with us and show them how it works. But of course we're trying to teach them how not to get in those situations. So we've never had a bike actually that stuck or you know run off an edge that we did training with because of course we're teaching them how to avoid that. But Doing demonstrations with the winch, I leave the bike turned off because I, I don't want to talk over a running motor. And in all the demonstrations I've done, I've never run the battery down so much that the bike wouldn't just start right up. Hmm. And that's with a fair bit of winching? And that's with, yeah, enough demonstrations. Sometimes I'll, I'll demonstrate two or three different sort of winch pulls. Now, if we're doing a very long pull, you know, up a, a long hill or something like that. But again, if you think about the way we get stuck in our bikes, most of the time we're not trying to winch for 50 or 100 feet. We're stuck in a very short period and maybe six feet, eight feet. We're out of the muck or whatever we're stuck into. So there's usually not a really long pull. And if it's idling, then it doesn't matter. As long as the bike is upright, you can do that. And I guess the same thing with this is is prepare it first. You, like you said, do the groundwork ahead of time. That's critical. Absolutely critical. And also where you hook the winch up will make quite the difference. And if you hook it up on the forks, it's very high on the bike. And so the winch can actually pull forward and, and almost compress the front end. And now you're trying to drive your front wheel into all this muck and everything else. So winching very low on the bike on a set of crash bars or, or low on the forks helps lift the bike as you go. And if you can ramp that front wheel just to help get things rolling, that, that makes a big difference. There is one shortcoming on this winch though. And that is, is that if you're winching over a crest, that winch is going to try to drive itself in a straight line, which means it's actually driving itself into the dirt. So what do you do to counter that? I remember earlier I mentioned I always carry a shovel with me and that's universal. I can dig a trench so I don't have water in my tent. Again, it's a multiple tool. I can, I can go out in the woods and do my thing and bury everything. But the main reason I started carrying this was for this extrication so I can dig out to go in a line. But I use that shovel as a sled. So as the winch, once I run the winch out in front of the bike or behind the bike, whatever direction I'm pulling, what I can do is slide the shovel underneath the winch. So as it touches ground, it works like a sled and it just sort of sleds up and over the edge instead of driving itself into the hill. And that was one of the things that the Warren guys didn't pick up on is if we're going over things like logs, you know, if you're trying to winch over a log that at some point that winch is going to bury in. On the snowmobile winches, they have a ski basically built into the winch underneath, but that's weight. That weighs, uh, you know, whatever poundage it is, it just starts adding up over time. And so I didn't recommend it to replace that or add it back in because if we add these secondary tools, which we need anyways to do it properly, and we probably ha carry with us, that those will, you know, they work to do the same job. 
Mm, that's a very good point. Now, the thing is with this, there's a lot to learn about winching. And anytime you have anything that's that's run by electricity or something like that, where you can turn it on and off and you can get your fingers in there, you got to be super cautious. It is a bit of a handful to work with, I find, that um, because you're trying to hold the winch around, you're trying to line up your straps and you're trying to get everything going. But in the end, the result of having this this mechanical advantage, electrically powered, it's incredible. And the fact you can do something solo, if you're stuck yeah. in the mud, you're, you're stuck on the edge of the road, you're, you're upside down, your partner, maybe your partner's injured, I don't know, and you're trying to get their stuff out. Being able to do extrication solo is, is a pretty neat um, idea. And the fact that this winch is so universal, it can move, you can winch from so many different directions. And again, I've used it where we've recovered other vehicles or other motorcycles, and I end up using my bike as an anchor. So you can take the bike and you lay it down so the, the wheels are facing the downhill or over the edge. And then I run it to the bottom edge of my frame and actually use my my bike almost like a sea anchor where it, it drives into the ground and then I'm able to winch up these other bikes. So there's there's definitely some really neat little tricks you can learn to make this a more usable tool. And the more you use it, the less time it takes to set up. I, certainly from scratch, if if you keep everything on the bike where it's easy to access, you can be set up in five minutes or so as far as hooking up the winch and finding your anchor point and everything else. As far as digging out the trench and, and doing all the prep work, that depends on where you're at. That could take two minutes, no time at all, or maybe it'll take you half an hour. But that that depends on where you get stuck. Um, so as far as precautions go with this, there's, there's tons of precautions. I realize that, but is there, is there any sort of glaring thing that you, uh, aside from the fact that you, you were talking about the winch being driven into the ground and uh, going over a crest, is there anything else? There's really nothing glaring about this other than the same precautions for any sort of extrication is safe comes first. Make sure you don't get behind the bike, underneath the bike. Don't be in a hurry. Take your time to set things up and do it proper. And the fact that they don't use steel cord even makes this a safer system because if you have a failure, if it breaks, because of its synthetic, it'll just drop. There's no snap. And with a with a regular winch or a traditional winch with cable, if they snap, you have to tie tie things to the to the line. So if it snaps, it drops. It doesn't. It doesn't come under tension and swing out and injure somebody. So the design of this has been pretty pretty well thought out on the fact that they're going to be users that are not – this isn't their hobby. If you go out four-buying all the time, guys go out and try to get stuck so they can use their winch. And with motorcyclists, most of the time we're avoiding the things that might put us in a situation where we have to use the winch. So now, how does somebody make the decision? Okay, they can either go with nothing and just count on, you know, whatever, or they can take a Z-Drag system like the Best Rest uh, Motorcycle Recovery System or the winch. Now, the, the thing is with the winch that, that I'll just point out before you say anything is that that weight, that's a that's a heavy block. It takes up some space. Yes, you can get a mounting plate, which maybe weigh a couple more pounds. So how do we make the decision? You know, I think it comes down to uh, a check on reality and priorities and uh, budget. You know, the as we go down the line, the Warren is going to be the most significant investment. The, you know, the block and tackle system or the best rest system there, that's going to be, you know, a step down from that. And of course, bringing nothing at all is the cheapest option. But when you stand at it and you really consider where am I going, who am I riding with, what is my companionship, those are things that people just have to do. And like everything on a bike, it comes down to personal choice. How much risk are you willing to take? And 
you know, when we equip our bikes, I can say, yeah, everybody should have this eight pound winch and eight pounds. And you're talking about an 800 pound motorcycle with a load on it, maybe more, maybe a little less is eight pounds really the deal breaker. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is. I, you know, that's something to decide. But when I went down through South America with my wife, I know she's got a special talent to put herself in situations where we, we get it to practice, you know, extrication. And so I brought this with me all the way through South, South America. We never did use it, but the insurance was, was very good. And it, there was a peace of mind to it. And it was not that significant. And I tucked it into the bag. I actually mounted it inside my hard box. So it wasn't outside the box. One of my instructors actually wraps it up and puts it in a side pannier. He's got uh, soft bags. He puts it in the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I usually have it on a stove plate on the back of the bike. So there's a lot of different ways you can carry this. But for me, I thought for the peace of mind, for the safety factor, it was worth, you know, worth that decision to, to bring it along. I did not bring it to Africa because we were going minimalist. So for us, light made right. And we packed the, the lightest gear, the lightest bikes, uh, the lightest loads. And I left with we were a team of four when we left Spain and we finished with it with two of us. So we had. We were, we're on main roads. More likely you mean the other two didn't there. make it? They, they, yeah, we lost them somewhere. We went through a border and they hauled them off and we never saw them again. <laughs> That's what it sounds no. like. So we started out with four and we ended up with two. It was pretty good. You know, most of us made it through. Uh, one one made the choice to, to turn around and go home, uh, decide it wasn't for him. Uh, one knew that he could only go halfway. So when we hit Gambia, uh, he, he already knew he was going to fly home from there. And the other two of us, we knew we were going to run to the bottom. So uh, some of it was just choice. Some of it was, was pre-planned, mm. but you know, when you have four people and you're, and you're on main roads, you have a lot of manpower and options. So staying light makes right was kind of the, the mode of that particular trip with my wife going down to South America. We are on F 800 GSs and they're, although a midsize bike loaded, those are huge machines and there's a lot of mud and muck. If you want to do any camping or even some of the roads down there, it just was worth the the peace of mind to carry it along. So it's a personal choice, like always. The other thing we didn't mention was the fact that the Warren winch doesn't have a dual purpose, really. It really, and that's a really good point. It, there's not a lot of things I found it good for other than getting people stuck, unstuck. Hmm. I mean, you could use it to haul up uh, your bag of food in the tree to keep it away from the bears, but I mean, it's <laughs> it's sort of um, just for show at that point. No, it's a it's an eight pound investment for insurance. And again, I do a lot of scouting for Tour USA on their adventure tours. And so when I go out and do scouting, I'm solo uh, almost every time. And I'm I'm on a twelve hundred GS now, and that's much bigger than my old eight hundred was. And if that gets stuck, I'm not pulling it out of the mud. Mm-hmm. So having this with me as I go explore these roads and and pick out routes for training or for tours, having that insurance with me is is realistic and I think wise. Yeah. I, I like the way you say it's insurance because that's true. I think I was going to say that to me is a big deciding factor is how much you're riding by yourself and uh, and how heavy is your bike. Of course, you're riding a 250. Maybe it's not a concern, but if you're riding a bigger bike and you're riding by yourself a lot and you're riding on back roads and places where other people are not, um, yeah, then it could be a, a huge saver of, uh, of hassle. And the, uh, the rope system, I'm talking about the winch there, um, and the rope system using the the rope system, the, the motorcycle recovery system from Best Rest, that one, you're going to need an extra person. So that's something you're going to take while you have someone else in most cases. Well, and here's something somebody may not have considered. 
the peace of mind to explore when you have the winch on the back is so much greater. You're willing to go places and try things you wouldn't do if you really thought about trying to get your bike out. There was a great example. I was doing a, a ride with Black Dog over in Idaho and they had these, these adventure rides and my my riding partner at the time and I, we looked down at the map and we see this road go down to this river and a bridge that goes across the river. And we're looking at this hill that is deep sand on a steep incline with a sharp turn at the bottom. And we're like, you know, if we have to come up this, we're, we're not going to be able to ride up this hill. That's not going to be an issue because we don't know if the bridge is still in place. And sure enough, we wind down this mountainside on this on this access road, get to the bottom, and the bridge is nothing but a steel frame. There's no deck on it, and this is a huge river. So you're not – there's no foraging this river. We had to come back up, and sure enough, when we turned that, that corner, you had – no ability to get a run at this hill. You had no way to to do anything other than just turn in and, and start going for it. And we got buried at the bottom and we were able to run the winch out, hook it up at the top and winch ourselves up and over the sand. And I am I can guarantee you that both of us would have looked at that hill if we didn't have the winch and said, yeah, let's not take the chance because if we come up out of here, we're stuck. That's a very good point. Cause when, when you're four wheeling, it's the same way, you know, you, you take a vehicle in somewhere and you'll think I, I, if I don't have a winch, I'm not going to chance this. I'm not going to try. And it doesn't even have to be that bad. It, it can just, it just limits your opportunities. And the rest of the road was easy riding. This is, this is adventure riding that anybody could do. They were, they were, you know, access roads with a little overgrowth and you're putting along, nothing exciting, nothing dangerous, nothing silly, but there was that one small section of hill that was, not going to happen. Uh, even with knobbies and everything else on a big bike, it just wasn't going to happen and it didn't. And that's really opens up the, your world or your opportunities. Maybe you're on a great road and there's a washout and you're like, gosh, if, you know, if we just had a winch, we could just clear this one little washout and we would be able to continue on. Same reason why I talk about the necessity of having good riding skill. When we do these, these really technical riding you know, development during the adventure camps and things like that, that I teach, it's not that we expect riders to go out on their, their big bikes and try to ride single track trails, but there are realistic situations where you just need that skill set just to continue your trip. And the winch is just one more tool to help you just get through those, those small speed bumps and hiccups that could, could alter or end uh, a, a particular ride adventure or trip. Well, Brett, it is great to have you back and great to talk to you again. Thanks very much. This was a lot of fun. Great topic. I can't wait till we talk again. And of course, that was Brett Tax from Puget Sound Safety Off-Road or PSSOR. Well, hopefully what you've learned today is going to help you decide if you're going to carry something and what you're going to carry. I think the things to consider here, the things to keep in mind from all of this is, are you riding off the beaten track? And if you are, are you riding with other people all the time? Are you riding by yourself? And then you've got to sort of work it through. Do you want the manual extraction? Do you want an electric winch? Maybe you want a bunch of things. Maybe weight's important to you. Maybe the uh, the extra power from an electric winch is more important. All things to consider. Well, there's another thing that you can use an electric winch for with a motorcycle to cure another problem. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you can drop by the website where we've posted it, www.adventureriderradio.com. Look at the show notes for this episode. I think you're going to be impressed with this. 
Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Dress Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio. Made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. The crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves, so they know what you want when you're exploring the world. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using this unique strapping system, and it's easy to switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. You've got to check out the buckles, the straps, the whole bit. www.greenchiliadv.com. That's www.greenchiliadv.com. Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, the listener. Thank you very much. If you haven't dropped by our Facebook page, drop by and give it a like and keep in touch with us through that. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, you want to help the show out, consider dropping by our website and clicking on the donate button, www.adventureriderradio.com. We've built the show on a model of advertising and donations to make it work, and we can certainly use your donation. Consider it, drop by, have a look. You don't have to. The show is always going to be there for free, but if you can, we'd really appreciate it. We've also signed up for Patreon now, which allows for monthly donations. So go and look at the website. We've got some rewards there. Anything $10 or more is going to get you one of our stickers sent back at you that you can put on the bike. Um, and then it sort of goes up from there. By the way, anything $50 or more is going to get you a mention on our Raw show, which we're recording next week, I think, for this month for April coming up. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Hi, I'm Paul Glaze from the Texas Big Bend. You're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Adventure Rider Radio.